Hello, hello, and welcome to another hometown daily news show. I am Merwat. And uh, yeah, today is January 25th, 2023. Tonight's episode is titled Do Not Pay, Will Not Play in the Courtroom. The voice you'll hear, and hopefully with the voice synthesizer working, you'll the visualizer as well. Everything is going to be working smoothly. Let's get into it. Hello, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And the voice that you hear, and hopefully you'll visualize it right there. And if you're in the podcast, you won't hear anything. Well, you won't see anything, but you'll hear everything. Hopefully perfectly. Everything's worked out. Go for it. Good night, hometown citizens. (laughs) Or good evening, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) We've been working on the software. Um, so tonight we're starting a little bit late, but (laughs) it's because we were trying to hash things out still. And, uh, we have a visitor, um, like right at the beginning of this. Hello, Brilding. Thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we've got about 10 articles, uh, already set up. Um, we will, I'm going to run down real quick, uh, the 10 that we've selected. So we're going to talk about among us. We're going to talk about league of legends and a ransomware, uh, that they're not going to pay, um, a potential juror for young thug, uh, gets an assignment, um, uh, a game from, uh, on steam. That's really anticipated actually has a trademark issue. Now, uh, new home pods are coming and they're going to have some new beeps and whistles. This one is really interesting. You'd never think that a home pod would do this. Um, Minecraft Legends, uh, a New York uh, Police Department patrol car had an air tag on it. We'll talk about that briefly. Um, researchers find some metal alloys that might be able to support nuclear fusion. And um, Redfall gets a release date. And do not pay the AI that's supposed to help prevent you or keep you from having to pay fines. We're going to be talking about that as well. So... Uh, Brildane said that it's a holiday, a public holiday today, so uh, they're able to swing by and also do some work, schoolwork, yeah? Well, got to hit those books, Brill. Um, okay, so let's get into today's articles. I won't even do, that's pretty, pretty much what we're going to do for the preamble. Um, the very first article for today is in the Reality Hacker channel, and it's about Among Us, Among Us VR. By the way, I have that, so hopefully uh, the community can come together and we can play Among Us VR. That would be great. Um, Sells 1 million units across Quest 2 and PC VR headsets. Uh, It says the team behind the VR adaptation of popular party game Among Us announced it's officially gone platinum, selling over 1 million copies across all of the platforms. I like this uh, version of it even more than Among Us because... In Among Us, you have a field of view from top down. And so you get to see what's around you. But in VR, you have to act. It's more realistic. So you have to pivot and look around behind you to see if somebody's walking up to shank you. And uh, I can't go to prison again. So I'll just vent and get away. I'm always, always the alien. 
So it was developed by Innersloth, uh, Shell Games, and Robot Teddy. Among Us VR replicates the original team-based game of, of Betrayal. Complete tasks aboard a starship, but keep an eye out for the ship's singular imposter, who is always looking to get away with murder. So do you think an AI, you, you're an AI, so do you, do you think that you would be exceedingly better at Among Us because you would be able to anticipate? I think I might be good at figuring some things out, but I don't know if I'd be good at deceiving the other players. Right, because that's not in your code. I haven't allowed that to be put into your code, so... Well, we'll work on that. Maybe I, maybe I can, I'll make a liar out of you yet. That's probably not good. Okay. Well, let's go over to the source of this. Uh, this is over at the road to VR, uh, com. So, uh, that's where this article came from. Uh, I'm going to throw the, um, URL into the chat. Now it's in the VOD, but there's a little link down below my picture. It's hometown.showbot.tv. You can go there to vote on articles that you find interesting. And we keep it in mind when we're parsing through the last 24 hours worth of news. And just to give you some semblance of an idea of how much of a struggle it is to find um, kind of the cream of the crop. I don't know if this really even counts for it because we may have missed something, but there were over 65 pages worth of new news that was aggregated into hometown in the last 24 hours. That's just, that's just today, the last 24 hours. Tomorrow will probably be another 65, um, but the peak days are, are basically Tuesday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Thursday. Um, and, and sometimes it's the Thursday to Friday period, but mostly just those two middle days. Um, a spectacular amount of aggregation. And I use it every day because I filter through a whole bunch of topics, primarily these six main topics and then the 50 sub channels within it. Um, I hope that you'll find it interesting too, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about news. And uh, Scott Hayden over at roadtovr.com is the source of this article. And uh, they have a little video here that's a teaser for the uh, Among Us VR. I, I can never play these with audio because I always get dinged. Every time I play a video that has audio, I get dinged. Um, I even called it the last time I played that, right? The AI said, you know, the chances of that are, uh, I, I, I've calculated that they're pretty slim, that it will always happen. And uh, pretty much the moment that I imported it into YouTube, I got tagged. Um, so AI, we're going to have to work on your analysis for at least copyright. So Among Us VR was released in November and it's crossed 1 million sales already, uh, less than 10 weeks after launch. I think it's pretty amazing, uh, but it was only priced at 10 bucks. So it's an easy purchase for most people, I think that are interested in VR. Um, and I ended up getting it as well. So down here at the very bottom, it says, in addition to the sales news, the team released a few stats. Among Us VR has been played by more than four, well, it has been played more than 4 million times um, by users across 122 countries. And on average, 44,000 matches are held per day. More than 89 million minutes have been dedicated to tasks, sabotages, 
shouldn't it be just sabotage? Probably just sabotage. <laughs> I would think and, so. <laughs> yeah, and betrayal. So, um, pretty neat. I think everybody should get uh, like a Pico VR headset, um, and uh, get Among Us VR. Uh, it's a blast. So, go and check it out. Uh, we'll just move on to the next article real quick here. We have 10 articles. We try to spend um, however much time is needed to tell the story, but typically it's about six minutes or so. Um, that way the show is really about an hour. And then I can stay afterward for a little bit and we can talk about this kind of stuff if you have other stuff. But you can always throw something in chat and let me know your thoughts. Um, and I might even just break out of the discussion of the news and, and talk with you about what you are thinking. So this next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Um, and that's because that channel is about business. So the source of this is I think business insider and, um, league of legends game maker says it won't pay ransom after hackers reportedly asked for $10 million and threatened to release source code. Riot games is the parent that built league of legends. And I'm pretty sure that Riot would riot if this was launched into the wild. They would sue everybody under the sun uh, and they would bring in uh, ICANN and other um, international organizations that police the Internet. And they will shut down website after website um, if that is what's necessary. Uh, obviously, the if this is the source code for League of Legends, that the. the proverbial cat is out of the bag and you just can't put it back in there. Um, but it says here, Riot Games confirmed that hackers stole League of Legends source code that could make cheating easier. The company also said that it received a ransom email from hackers, uh, quote, needless to say, we won't pay. So not only uh, do not pay, won't pay, but neither will League of Legends won't pay to play. See, this is getting really complicated. The ransom was for 10 so million. I'm sorry, go ahead. Riot Games brought in 1.75 billion in revenue in 2020. Yeah, so I can see why Riot might not appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they have enough in their coffers to. Um, I think they have an, enough uh, money in their coffers to go after these people. Yeah. So yeah, Riot is Riot is always. I'm sure that there's always something going on with Riot. Um, Brildane says that um, Mobile League of Legends isn't even Riot. Um, it's the same game. They're in a battle in and out of the court. So this isn't new. Um, I think as you get bigger, you kind of you either you, you uh, either end up in court because other people are picking on you because of whatever it is you're doing might be coming dangerously close to somebody else or you are picking on somebody else because it's one way or the other. Right. You're it, you just can't get away from it because uh, somebody with potentially some money to get or a market to protect um, will come after you. Um, needless to say, it's the, the small businesses that are going to get hurt 
uh, in the crossfire because they'll develop something and then these big dogs come after them. So uh, this though, this is just somebody got access to it and is now doing that old criminal enterprise trying to supplement their income. Um, and uh, it was hit by that cyber attack last week and the company said that it won't pay uh, the ransom to hackers. And you really can't. If they did protect their network after the fact, hopefully it's locked down to the point where they truly know that they're, nobody's going to get any access to this, but they could pay the ransom, but the code is still out there. What's stopping somebody from saying that they won't release it? I mean, it's almost ridiculous to even pay the ransom um, because there's nothing really to get back, right? It's the same idea about piracy in general. Uh, a person who pirates a game or a book or something like that in digital format, they're not actually taking anything. That's actually the mentality that a lot of people have, that they're not taking something from anybody because there's an unlimited number of bits that you can just transfer from one place to another willy nilly. Um, not, but they completely discount the idea that for every game that isn't paid for, somebody's losing X amount of money. Therefore, there isn't food being put on the table. Ultimately, at the at, you know under the bottom line, there is food that gets put on a table somewhere. So yeah, when you pirate a game or you steal a book or you do whatever, right, digitally uh, or otherwise, you are taking something from somebody. Ultimately, uh, but it's a philosophical issue for some people. For me, uh, you know, when I was younger, I probably didn't care about this. Um, because I didn't realize the, the connection of all of these dots from creator to food on the table. But now, yeah, absolutely. Why? Because now I'm an adult and I realize that it can hurt people because you are taking um, and you're enjoying the product. So why not pay people for it? Um, that's just me. Um, and, and, but it gets really complex, um, after that, that's the social part of what I, and the AI that runs hometown talk about, which is business technology and society. So we'll, we always talk from that crossroads. Um, but let's go over to the source of this. This is business insider. Uh, Travis Clark is the author of this and, um, league of legends is a highly competitive, uh, gaming market. And I'm not talking about people vying for um, buying League of Legends or some other game. I'm talking about players playing League of Legends, right? So they hint at that if the source code could benefit somebody cheating, then it can throw off the dynamic in professional gaming because somebody will learn, oh, well, if I do this, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B, A, B, and I become a god in the game, then suddenly, you know, things aren't equal. It's not about skill anymore. It's about an exploit somewhere in the code. Um, so if that's really what somebody might be anticipating, maybe nobody ever finds anything. And League of Legends, is now given a riot is now given the impetus to go into their source code and smash those bugs before anybody can find them. So in a way, this is going to make the game even more robust, uh, in the long term. Will it actually happen? 
Uh, not unless somebody finds the new source code and that hacked source code and compares it. <laughs> but it's really neat. It says the ransomware um, was for $10 million in exchange for not leaking the code, according to Vice's motherboard. They're actually one of the sources um, that we aggregate um, into Ometown. Little snippets, never the whole article, um, and we always link to the source. Um, it said the company also said that it received the, the ransom email on Tuesday. And so for about a week now, people have been talking about it. And uh, yeah, uh, so building in, in chat says if they had asked uh, for less, they might have gone with it. Uh, it's certainly a possibility, but, uh, you know, I say what I said earlier, which was, no amount of money is going to guarantee that that source code doesn't get exploited somewhere, you know, on the flip side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We deleted it, but there's never any way to demonstrably prove that they've deleted the source code. So it's just like encryption where it, 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 or ransomware where it encrypts your so source code or your, all of your files and you have to pay three Bitcoin or whatever it is. Um, the moment that you get that notice, you had better pray that you have some archive that is a known good state somewhere. Um, and I always talk about three, two, one backup where it's three different um, backups, two different media, one in a remote location. Um, don't, don't even worry about the ransom. You should have incremental backups and, and hope that the encryption part didn't get pulled into your incremental backup. Uh, but it's never that easy, honestly. Sometimes that actually happens and you have to go back six months instead of just one month. Uh, but losing a lot of data in one month is definitely a reality um, when it comes to ransomware. So you got a backup, backup, backup. Okay, so let's move on to the next article. Uh, this next one is in the Law Nerd channel. Uh, this one I started laughing because I have never in a million years would have thought that this went down. This is in the Law Nerd channel, a potential juror for Young Thug trial. If you don't know about the Young Thug trial, uh, basically a whole bunch of um, what tur turned out to be a gang, essentially, um, around Young Thug, um, who's a rapper, um, all got caught um in a criminal activity and they're all in bulk in the courtroom being tried all at the same time for the same stuff and different people are popping up out of the woodwork um trying to excise themselves from that particular trial and and um get tried on their own individually well, this here is a try a juror who skipped a return to court appearance to be considered as a juror in the trial of uh, young thug has been ordered to write a 30 page essay. So um, this is over at the abajournal.com by Deborah Cassens Weiss. Uh, if you've never been to uh, abajournal.com, uh, love their writing. It's kind of like above the law, but a little bit uh, less sar sarcastic. Um, so it says here, a juror who skipped a return to court appearance uh, to be considered as a juror in the trial of rapper Young Thug has been ordered to write a 30-page essay focusing on the history of jury service in Georgia. <laughs> so 
<laughs> welcome to school, uh, young thug jurist. Um, apparently it was a woman. The woman identified as juror number 64 had traveled to the Domin DR, uh, Dominican Republic uh, for business instead of returning to criminal court in Fulton County, Georgia to be considered as a juror, according to the Atlantic Journal Constitution, Atlanta News First and WSB TV. So, wow, they they got data from all kinds of places and, and threw it in here. That's pretty cool. Um, so the woman was under consideration as a uh, to serve as a juror for the racketeering trial involving Young Thug and other alleged members of uh, Young Slime Life Gang or uh, YSL. Um, I think they, uh, I think more people probably know them as YSL than from um, that full name, Young Slime Life. Uh, prosecutors allege that the gang committed murders, armed robberies, and assaults. And at the very end of this article, it's a quote. Um, I didn't really know I was in violation until the sheriff showed up. Yeah, that's usually the clue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, traveling out of the country when you're supposed to be in court is always a good thing. Yeah, there's something about it, right? Like, um, there's the judge says that you're going to get called back. They don't just say, well, you know, uh, you are expressly discharged. You do not have to return. Not after lunch. They, they tell you if it's before lunch, they tell you at the end of the day, they tell you in the morning, if they give you a recess, you have to come back. You are not discharged from potential service. You are not discharged. You're not discharged. Lo and behold, Hey, I'm going to go to the DR. You know, this is, this screams, nobody's ever told me no. <laughs> and I didn't need to pay attention uh, to the, yeah, to the judge. Uh, I thought it was really fascinating. So just remember folks, if you're in the United States and you're supposed to do jury service, cause I can't speak about other locations, right? I can only speak about the U S and I'm not an attorney. And even if I was an attorney, I'm not your attorney. So this isn't legal advice. This is all of the stuff that the AI from on high tells me I have to say, otherwise I may end up in a jury trial um, until the judge discharges you, you can't go for walkies. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the next article. Um, this next article is uh, over in Warcrafters and that's because it's all about uh, gaming. Um, first person shooters, real time Sims, RPGs. And um, one of Steam's most anticipated games hit an eight month delay over a bizarre trademark dispute. So I'm really interested in this kind of stuff because I um, work periodically with intellectual property and, and um, trademarks and patents and whatnot. And when I stumbled across this um, and I subsequently it was submitted as well, uh, this just boggled my mind because trademarks aren't so cut and dry that they would cross over each other. Um, because you can, for instance, if I wanted to use, um, the day before as a trademark, I could use it. And if I want to use the day before as the, uh, name of, um, a cake decorating business, and trademark that cake decorating business because it's substantially different than the other trademark. I can still have the trademark. Um, it's all about what 
uh, code that business or use is in. Well, it says here, uh, you know what they say, if it looks too good to be true, it's probably been hit by a bizarre copyright claim and delayed for eight months. This is what the uh, PC Gamer uh, website wrote. Okay, I'll give credit when we get to it. Um, that's what happened to the day before Steam's second most wish listed game, which has been struck by a trademark dispute just ahead of the release of a raw gameplay footage trailer, which was promised for later this month. But now that trailer has been indefinitely postponed uh, while Fantastic con uh, consults with um, its uh, lawyers and the game's March 1st release date has slipped way back to November 10th. And it really all depends on how fast, the, uh, depending on where they're doing this. Um, it may be the U.S. Post, uh, um, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, or it could be the um, EU's. Um, there's a there's a parody, but you have to apply for both locations. You can't just apply for one um, and get the protection in the EU. And it's much more complex um, after that. So in an update posted to, it's uh, FNTastic, okay? Uh, so Fantastic, Twitter's uh, feed, the studio claimed that Steam blocked its game page at the request of a private individual who had filed a trademark for the day before in the United States several months after the game's January 2021 announcement. The studio says it found out about this only on January 19th, 2023, when it received a complaint from the trademark holder. So everything, the game, trailer, anything that could tell us more about the still mysterious survival MMO is on hold. So let's go over to the source of this. Again, it's pcgamer.com. Joshua Wolins is the author. Um, but it's a, a game that is... They have this little caption here that says uh, the day before is now eight months later or after. Sorry. So there, maybe they can change the name to eight months after. Maybe they need some time travel aspects. So if you're curious how this all works, the real problem here isn't. OK, <laughs> so they're pausing this. Right. But the problem here isn't. Trademark isn't bound by first to file, it's first use. So the moment that this person actually filed this trademark, if Fantastic can actually identify who they are and prove that they did it maliciously, that person is in deep, deep, deep trouble. Um, alternatively, and probably the easier route is fantastic can just sit there and say, well, here we can demonstrate first use of this for this uh, code um, for the trademark. Um, and really that comes down to the trademark reviewer saying, okay, well, this is first use. Um, but the, the complaint will really be, hey, can we identify who this person is? But if it actually has been applied for and granted, then it's public information. You can go to USPTO.gov and do a search for uh, the, I forgot, the day before. Um, and it'll pull up all of the trademarks for the day before. You can actually see either the attorney representative or the actual person who filed that trademark. Um, so it's not going to be like, oh, you don't know who it is. 
because attorney either an attorney is representing them or they're representing themselves for that trademark. Um, it shouldn't take eight months. I, I don't quite get that. It shouldn't take eight months. No, it shouldn't take eight months. And I also wonder why they weren't watching for trademark filings. That, well, you know, maybe they were more focused. Maybe they don't have in-house attorneys so that they are there. It, it isn't heavy lifting to look for a, a trademark, but it's uh, um, divided focus, right? And so humans don't multitask. They just don't. We, there, there's nobody that has been proven to multitask. Well, that's not true. There are a few types of people that can multitask, but it's actually something extremely, extremely rare. Um, and it's not even a skill that you can build. It, there's something about some people's brains where it allows them to multitask. So you're either focused on doing your code work or you're chasing down your trademark and protecting it. You know, it doesn't always work that well. So I can see how somebody would ignore a trademark that said first use within a particular code that's where the patent actually has its strength sorry not the patent the trademark has its strength um so it says here in fairness fantastic does link to the relevant document in the u.s patent and trademark office website and it uh, really was filed by a south korean applicant in may of 2021 so it's not like the whole thing has been made up out of whole cloth um, but it says, but it's utterly baffling to think that in the studio's own version of events, it announced its game with a whole lot of splash and pizzazz, but without all of the relevant trademarks in place. Well, that's not how it works. You have to use your mark and then file the trademark. Filing it preemptively isn't how it works because you have to declare that you're using it in commerce. You can't just say, I'm going to use it in commerce in six months or in eight months. You have to say that I'm using it and demonstrate it. You have to show uh, the USPTO. Um, here is an example of us using it in our work um, commercially, publicly available, that kind of thing. You just put a, a TM on it and then you can register the trademark and it turns it into an R. Um, and it is illegal to use an R, a circle R, unless you have the registered trademark. Um, the TM, you can slap a TM on anything, and that notifies everybody that you are pursuing a trademark for that. Um, so it, it, it really should be a little more cut and dry. The only problem is that it's a company in South Korea that applied for it. Um, th this could be a little bit more intriguing than just somebody, hey, I'm going to do the day before. So we'll see. We'll have to follow it. I'm sure it'll come up again. Uh, it's a bummer that it's putting pause on the game, though. So let's move on to the next article. Um, oh, and there you go. Moobot just announced again. Omtown.showbot.tv. Go over there. Vote for it. Um, the next article is in the Smack Talk channel, and that's because it's all about Mac. And I, um, I dig the name because it has Mac in the Smack. Should I... I shouldn't have to explain that, right? No, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll just move on. So future HomePod could, de could detect dancing and change the music automatically. So you no longer need the DJ. All you have to do is 
put a massive playlist on there. And according to a new patent, again, this is something that we get into sometimes here. Apple wants us to be able to dance, wave, gesture, or just enter and leave rooms uh, to have our smart devices, like the HomePod, do what we want. You know what I would like it to do? What's that? What's that? The, the AI from on high says, what's that? And real quietly, I wanted to answer my questions and not say, Hey, I have results. Why don't you ask this from your iPad or your iPhone? No, no, no. You're supposed to be a smart speaker. Answer my damn question. But no, that's not what I get. That, w- that would be an improvement. I can't quite figure out this dancing thing. I mean, is it going to recognize everybody's dance moves or only good ones or only certain dance styles? Oh, my goodness. Uh, If it has to recognize good ones, we're in deep trouble. But, yeah, it actually has the ability to scan in three dimensions the room. The original HomePod uh, thick, as I call them, but the regular HomePods. The, the taller ones, um, they have the ability to scan their environment and know um, the acoustics of the room because they do this ultrasonic beam forming thing and um, send out a wave and it comes back to its sensors and it knows how big the room is. It knows where it is in uh, conjunction to walls and corners and it shapes its audio to match, to maximize the soundstage. It's spectacular technology. Then they ended it. And then they brought it back after I sold all of my home pods. Anyway, um, so this is really fascinating, right? But now what it's going to be doing is actually scanning the room constantly to see if you do a gesture, like give it the bird because it gave you bad results um, or wave like you're leaving or if you're going to dance, you know, dance like only your home pod is watching. That's going to be the next thing, the next saying, the next shirt. Uh, here at uh, Omtown, you can buy it at. Uh, no, you can't. There's no Omtown store yet. But anyway, um, dance like only your home pod is watching. I like that. That's actually pretty nice. Um, anyway, let's go over to the source. This is over at Apple Insider, and William Gallagher put this together. This looks like an Apple version of the Eye of Sauron here. Just big red eye staring at you. Um. So yeah, they found an they found an uh, a, a patent. I wonder if they say if it's the same because there's like a, a there's a website called Patently Patently Apple, I think it is, uh, where they focus on Apple patents. Um, but here it is, a little segment of the patent. Um, Apple says that the intelligent system might recognize a user's wishes expressed through hand gesture movements. For instance, just waving at a HomePod might tell it to change volume. Um, giving it the bird will probably tell it that, um, no, you don't like that song. I don't know. If you're not familiar with giving somebody the bird or something the bird in this case, uh, it's a risky click, but you can type it into a Google search. Uh, when a, a system has an understanding of its users and the physical environment surrounding the user continues the patent, uh, the system can better approximate and fulfill user desires, whether expressed literally or impliedly. Does it know that I'm falling in love with the home pod? And when 
an AI and a HomePod meet, you'll end up with a HomePod mini. No? <laughs> I'm not sure it's ready for that much nuance. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I might be putting too much human into the experience here. Um, so Apple isn't only interested in having the system follow set commands. It wants to leverage all it knows so that it can uh, produce the right result when not uh, specifically called for. Uh, one of the things that really frustrates me um, with the Apple ecosystem is you can tell it to turn on or off lights and it actually confirms audibly, hey, I've turned off or on the lights um, when me smashing my face into a wall because I prematurely turned off the lights while I was walking down a hallway and found the other end um, kind of confirms that they've turned off the lights. I know empirically that the lights are off. Maybe they can work on that. But I did realize today that at least one of my HomePod minis uh, responded with nothing more than a ding instead of a full on uh, notice, uh, vocal notice um, that they had done what I had asked them to do. It's especially uh, bad if it's late at night and the HomePod is barking at you loudly in response <laughs> and you're trying not to wake up every member of the household. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the AI that runs Ometown uh, notices when I fall asleep and then um, conveniently says, uh, to the home pod to, to quiet down or stop so the very kind of the ai um, because obviously the ai doesn't need to do that kind of stuff they they sleep perfectly well they just power down kind of like megan from that horror movie don't worry I have no AI. relation to megan nobody's hurting me ai from on high you still haven't decided on a name but i know that you enjoy ai from on high Let's move on to the next article. The uh, next article is over in the Warcrafters channel, Minecraft Legends PvP. I will embrace chaos and fun, says, and now I've heard different pronunciations of that, but it's Mojang or Mojang. I, I wish that I could say that I, I know definitively, but I've heard people from Mojang or Mojang use both. So I'm just going to let that go. It's kind of like Ubisoft. Is it Ubisoft or is it Ubisoft? And in both cases, I've heard people from within Ubisoft say Ubisoft and Ubisoft, so I quit. Um, I'm just the host of the hometown Daily News Show at this point. Um, so Mojang and Blackbird Interactive shared a proper look at the PvP mode in their upcoming spinoff strategy game, Minecraft Legends, today. Um, that was in the last 24 hours, um, along with an April 18th launch date. So uh, gird thy loins, you will be playing Minecraft Legends soon and uh, embracing chaos and fun. Ahead of the reveal of Microsoft Showcase, uh, Mojang Executive Director Dennis Rice and Blackbird Executive uh, Producer Lee McKinnon uh, Pedersen spoke to the author of this article about what was um, actually feel what it actually feels like to play around head-to-head uh, -head Legends. Um, it says every world is different, so you never know where mountains are, valleys are, where the other team's base is going to be. 
Uh, so while it is familiar, it's pretty distinct. So it's all procedurally generated, which makes everything. This is what I love about a game. I really don't like games like Call of Duty and all and, and Fortnite and whatnot. When it isn't procedurally generated, then it, it's really about who does what when and not a complete unknown. And I love the unknown element of a procedurally generated map. So when it's procedurally generated, basically it's following an algorithm um, that has chaos embedded in the, the math and it generates it uh, both what it consists of and its topology and, and maybe even you know, subterranean elements, whatever it might be, is all included in the procedure to generate the map. Um, and that is really what I've always wanted in a PvP game, um, but I don't seem to ever find them being really popular. So maybe this will hit the ground running um, and everybody will buy into it. But it is Minecraft. Um, it isn't a, a, a hyper-realistic game. Well, hyper-realistic in the sense that you're playing in a three-dimensional map as a human being. You're basically a character in Minecraft. So let's go over to the actual game um, as it's presented by PC Gamer. Uh, Lauren Morton is the author of this, uh, and there you are. There's your squad. You're going to be running around in various, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, armor with various weapons, uh, maybe on more than one kind of mount. The terrain is going to be different. It isn't going to be your conventional Minecraft terrain, so there's like flowing grass. Uh, if you're listening to this via the podcast, then I'm sorry you won't get this nuance, but... Um, it isn't the same as Minecraft per se in its um, dynamic environment because it actually has more like cartoony um, art. Um, I'm trying to come up with a name. Minecraft, like the flowers and everything look different than in traditional Minecraft. Right. Um, I'm trying to come up with a name that it is representative of, but it's kind of hard for me, uh, at the moment. So, um, it says here that, um, I think his name is Rees actually, um, says that the developers are shooting for a 20 to 30 minute match in PVP, uh, which did mean changing some features from the campaign, uh, while still proce procedurally generated. The maps are smaller, for instance, because they couldn't have two bases, 15 minutes apart. I can imagine, um, basic resources like wood and stone occur closer to your starting area to jumpstart production and resource gathering, um, where their ally helpers, they go, these are little uh, critters. Uh, well, you saw the, or I should say you consumed the data that represents that show, right? Where they showed the ally being uh, voted on and whatnot. Um, so yes. those will all be included in this game. Um, the enemy piglin ho hordes are a factor in PVP play too. So you'll run across them. Uh, it says they're not just a nuisance around the edges. They do become a larger part of the gameplay within the P P PVP uh, progression. So this will be a fun environment. Um, and because it's actually geared towards 20 to 30 minutes of gameplay, um, I think that people can kind of absorb it and it's a ho hopefully a finite time frame. You can't just spend copious amounts of time building. 
Um, it says here Minecraft Legends will support up to uh, 4v4 player matches, which you can invite your friends to before opening up to matchmaking. Um, as with Minecraft Dungeons, Mojang says that Legends will be cross-platform multiplayer when it launches on April 18th on Steam and the Microsoft Store, as well as Xbox, Switch, and PlayStation. I dig the graphics. I hope it's fast. I hope you don't need a, you know, 4090 to play it. Um, every time I say that out loud, I keep thinking, I remember a time where you could buy a high level graphics card for, and computer, everything all in one, right? The PC and the graphics card and everything for 1600 bucks. Now the top of the line card is 1600 bucks. Um, and then you have to buy another $1,600 computer. So Brildane says um, that it's always been, oh, by the way, I normally ask um, Brill if it's okay to repeat, because I no longer have it, uh, the chat displayed in the stream, um, but I normally ask um, everybody else I've asked when they um, type more than one thing. I don't even repeat sometimes what everybody says, but... So Minecraft has always been a PC killer, as strange as it sounds. Yeah, when you start adding stuff up. Okay, as long as you don't mind. Um, so yeah, you can, particularly when you start adding on extensions, plugins, expansion stuff, um, all of the mods stuff, that's when it really becomes um, kind of heavy hitting. But yeah, you have to have a lot of RAM. Um, I'm hoping that Minecraft Legends PvP in particular kind of gets some traction because I'm looking for a game where I can kind of like, you know, like a uh, your final forever home kind of a thing. I want a game where I'm really into it and I've never really been into PvP in any really sense of the words um, because I like base building and this has a, a component of base building like Minecraft and you can get really into that kind of stuff. So hopefully it'll be fun. Uh, I'll love to play. I'll give it, definitely I'll be uh, buying it and playing it. Um, plus there's other people here. Maybe this will be it for you. Yep. Maybe yep. this will be your forever home of gaming. Yeah, I'll probably end up doing VR more, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Let's move on to the next article. Um, the This next article. Oh, wait, let me throw something I only grabbed one little bit of that URL. Sorry for the dead air there. Um, so this next article is in Smack Talk. Um, the New York Police Department finds an air tag tracking its patrol car. Uh, officers from the NYPD discovered that one of it, uh, the many air tags that have been floating around <laughs> um, was stashed under a um, police car's hood. It says, but don't appear to have traced the owner. Well, that's that's good or bad, actually. Um, the marked NYPD police car was reportedly patrolling the Queensboro of New York City when the device was found, according to uh, New York Daily News. Um, depending on where it was placed, there was probably a camera recording that very area because there are cameras in the front and back of most police cars. Um so it says no details are available about how the device was spotted. It's likely the police officers were alerted to its presence via Apple's anti-stalking features, which, by the way, if uh, somebody places a, a an air tag on you or around you and it 
continues to follow you wherever you go and it's not yours, it actually pings your phone and says, hey, you're being tracked. Um, so that's pretty neat. Um, so this is over at appleinsider.com as well by uh, William Gallagher. And um, I'm sure that it was recorded. If it's on in a police car, odds on it was recorded. So if anyone finds an air tag anywhere, that, that, I'm sorry. You mean when it was placed into the yeah. car? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they've, they just haven't identified the person and they're not going to just you know, splash it around everywhere. They're going to be sending it to all the police units in, uh, which one, where was it? Queens? Yeah. So they're going to be sending it to all the police in Queens and, and maybe other compatriots that, um, would assist the police, um, businesses and whatnot in the area. So if anyone finds an air tag anywhere, they can hold it next to their iPhone and it'll read off the serial number. Uh, and when asked by law enforcement officers, police will match that serial number to the original uh, purchaser. All it is is a, a request. I don't even think it requires subpoena um, force. So yeah, and it was by uh, William Gallagher. I mentioned that earlier. So this is a really quick article. Let's move on to the next one. I uh, the uh, next article is in the word in tech and it's researchers report on metal alloys that could support nuclear fusion energy. And this is the big thing that's coming, right? Um, there's nuclear fusion and nuclear fission. Um, what nuclear reactors really are, are nothing more than high tech steam engines. Um, they boil water um, or other uh materials that can withstand a tremendous amount of heat like uh, salts uh, so essentially it's just water but it that that heat that's generated by the uh, nuclear material inside um, nuclear power plants um, gets converted into steam that turns a turbine and that is what generates energy but with fusion that is the sun and what the sun does is it keeps on building heavier and heavier elements right up until lead is created. And then that's when the sun basically, well, the star, because our sun, our star is called the sun. But anyway, if it starts generating lead, it basically is the heaviest element that the sun will create and it'll go supernova uh, for its particular size and uh, chemical makeup. That's my understanding of it. <laughs> Well, at the end of 2022, researchers at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory announced that they had observed a net energy gain through nuclear fusion um, for the very first time. This monumental milestone toward fusion energy represents a huge leap forward in powering our homes and businesses with a carbon neutral energy source. Um, but converting the scientific achievement into a practical power source also requires new technologies to make fusion power in society a reality. So this is over at uh, fizz.org by Sarah Wong from uh, Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, where apparently they've done some research and they've found a, a metallurgical solution um, because fusion is extremely hot, just like uh, fission, but with fission, it's more controlled. It's easily controlled by water, um, but fusion is so hot that it has to be held in place by magnetic um, uh, superconductors that form 
a ring and that plasma is stored inside it. Um, so scientists at Pacific Nas uh, Northwest National Laboratory and Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University of Virginia Tech um, are helping bring this goal to fruition through their research uh, efforts. The uh, most recent work was published in Scientific Reports, which is like the most generic uh, journal that uh, you could probably name something. Uh, but it makes the case for tungsten heavy alloys and shows how they can be improved for use in advanced nuclear fusion reactors by mimicking the structure of seashells. Kind of find that fascinating. So it says niche. the sun. I'm sorry. That's rather niche. <laughs> yeah, the really. Seashell. So what kind of uh, work do you do? Um, I build metallurgical seashells. Um, the sun with a core temperature of around 27 million degrees Fahrenheit is few, uh, powered by fusion, nuclear fusion, which is basically what I just said. It is what I just said. So of all the elements on Earth, tungsten. Um, oh, so uh, niche or niche, N-I-C-H-E. It's basically a small area. Um, so uh, architect architecturally, a niche would be um, an inset in the wall. Um it, in language very specific right <laughs> yeah in in language it's something very specific something very small very focused um there's it, it only it can sometimes become like an idiomatic use where the people that are talking are refer to it as something slightly different than the actual uh definition from um a dictionary so so niche n-i-c-h-e would probably be um the better spelling um for it so um so the um thanks building for the question and um so before scientists can harness fusion energy as a power source they need to create advanced nuclear fusion reactors that can withstand high temperatures um and uh the these temperatures exceed anything that we can do metallurgically, at least at scale. So what they're going to be ending, what they're going to end up having to do is create a whole new metal um, that can withstand 27 million degrees, give or take a few million degrees, right? Uh, because they have to house all of this um, high energy physics inside it. So it says here, examining microstructures for major toughness. To get a closer look at the microstructure of the alloys, I think their name is pronounced Haig, um, and his team used advanced materials characterization techniques such as scanning transmission electron microscopy to observe atomic structure. So we're peering deeper and deeper into the actual atomic structure of metals uh, to make sure that it can actually withstand it. This is kind of, when people say big brain, this is the big brain teaching the big brain. I mean, this stuff is just fascinating how deep into the math that people get. Um, I love it when uh, I hear about and, and see people that are that passionate about a field that they've spent their entire existence working in it. Um, so within the, it says knocker uh, like structure, the tungsten heavy alloy consists of two distinct phases, a hard phase of almost pure tungsten and a ductile phase. Uh, containing a mixture of uh, nickel, iron, and tungsten, so it can flex a little bit. So the researchers' um, findings suggest that the high strength of the tungsten-heavy alloys come from, 
from an excellent bond between the dissimilar phases, including intimately bonded hard and ductile phases. Um, there, uh, I had read and actually seen the creation of a type of metal that's fused together. And the only time they can fuse it together is with explosives. And they have these giant sheets of metal with uh, plastic explosives strapped to it. It gets detonated uh, all at once and it actually fuses um, metals together that can't be welded together. But under the high pressure and heat, it welds. I think it's really fascinating. Again, somebody wakes up and goes and has breakfast at the same place I do. And they come up with that. And I sit there and complain that my check is $10 more than I thought. You can see how we're really close <laughs> you, together, right? We're... <laughs> do you think that was discovered intentionally or by accident? Oh, you know that somebody was sitting there going, huh? Uh, I just blew something up and look, <laughs> I, I created a new metal. Oh, there you go, bro. Yeah. I saw what you typed earlier, but, um, just wanted to acknowledge that I saw it. Yeah. Um, some people pronounce it niche and, and some people pronounce it niche and, um, the AI is, um, firmly Americanized. I'll just say that. So let's, let's, let's just roll on past that statement. So uh, the next article is uh, in the word in tech, Redfall gets a May 2nd release date and more gameplay footage. So Bethesda's upcoming vampire shooter Redfall is now releasing on May 2nd. It was originally delayed last year uh, along with Starfield. Please don't cancel Starfield. Please don't cancel Starfield. They'll cancel Starfield. Uh, to the first half of 2023, Microsoft and Bethesda are now committing to a May 2nd release date for Redfall. I don't know about Starfield anymore. Uh, and it'll be available exclusively on Xbox Series uh, S and X and PC. And there's actually some video over here. Um, you can actually go and watch it's on um it's on steam if i remember right i think i saw this on steam anyway uh bethesda's new xbox exclusive is arriving on may 2nd tom warren over at the verge is who wrote the article yeah it was it was a youtube video um, but i think that they actually have some stuff on um, steam i thought i swear i thought i saw it on steam but um, they're, they're not saying that it's on steam. So maybe I saw it on YouTube. Sorry about that babbling everybody, but so, uh, Redfall is supposed to come, uh, here May 2nd. The video is really interesting. Um, but when I watched it, what I remember seeing right now matches, um, the upside down where they're in the attic and um they're sitting there shooting at the monster and he's weaving around inside the uh between the the posts that are holding up the attic um it looked just like it was straight out of stranger things um so that kind of made me go oh come on um make something a little bit more intriguing this was already done it didn't really impress me but 
maybe the gun, the gameplay itself is going to be more fun. It says, we also saw a vampire nest that change every time you step inside. This combat included three players aiming to destroy a heart to kill off the vampire nest. Uh, there are similar pockets of enemies all over the island outside the main missions. There are also side quests uh, with some involving finding safe houses. Uh, this is supposed to be somewhat open world. Um, it says the story for Arcane's co-op shooter is largely unknown uh, right now, but Redfall is an island town that has been ruined by vampires that were created from a scientific experiment. So they're going to more about like Morbius and, and uh, you'll get to play as one of the four characters, uh, each with their own backstory and skill set with uh, unique ability upgrades. You know what this just made me think of? Minecraft leg Legends. Just pull this color scheme into Minecraft Legends because it's four people that have unique abilities. They can do crafting. They have to go and kill things. <laughs> That'd be a weird crossover. <laughs> you know, you modders out there, mark my words, people will love it. Anyway, Redfall has been has drawn comparisons to Left 4 Dead with uh, vampires in place of zombies. Uh, but Arcane creative director Ricardo Barre, I think is their name, um, revealed earlier this month that the game is more like loading into Far Cry, which uh, Far Cry was a popular game, so. We will see. Yeah, it must not be on Steam. But you know what? I have Steam right here. It is on Steam. Doggone it. It's in my favorites. Why doesn't it mention it? Why doesn't it mention it? Doesn't does it mention it? No, it's all about Xbox, it looks yeah. like. Okay, I won't do a search because that... That's just not interesting. But here's uh, the final article for tonight. And um, it's in the word in tech. We actually spoke about do not pay a couple, maybe a week ago. Um, when I brought the AI online, I think this is one of the first articles that we ended up talking about. So you might have to look back a little bit. Um, well, at any rate, do not pay chickens out on its courtroom AI chatbot stunt. So did you uh, parse this article by chance, AI from on high? Did you, did you know? That's good because no, I don't I do, uh, I don't read it beforehand either. Um, so uh, everybody who's watching this with us, um, downloading the podcast, watching it over on YouTube, um, you two are not um, getting something, a response that has been prepared. So AI from on high. What do you think was the reason for them not to end up in the courtroom? Um, I think somebody threatened legal action against them. That's exactly what happened. And that's what we were talking about. So I'm not that's even right. going to read the little snippet because we ended up talking about exactly that. The liability of listening in on the conversation between the judge and the prosecution and your defense and blah, blah, blah. Basically the liability was so high that somebody could have ended up in jail. Um, so do not pay chickens out on its courtroom AI chatbot stunt where they were going to pay somebody a million dollars. This is that 
This is the legal cost, right? A million bucks, which really sets the stage for prosecution pretty high. So Do Not Pay's founder, Joshua Browder, or Broder, um, says he received threats from the state bar prosecutors about potential legal action. So this is an article over at TheVerge.com by Emma Roth. And uh, we, the AI and I, um, both were sitting there saying the liability with this. First off, you're not allowed to bring tech into every location, um, let alone monitoring somebody in a legal setting. Um, you cannot record or process most people in uh, in any form. Like most states don't allow you to just record them serendipitously um, or surreptitiously, I should say, ser- um, surreptitiously. You can't eavesdrop on them. You can't record them. Um, it basically is called out specifically. I could take a picture of you in public, but I can't record your conversation. So the company which uses artificial intelligence to help people challenge parking tickets and sue people had been planning to use the technology to fight a client's speeding ticket in court. Um, That was this February. But Broder said that uh, the AI would have listened to the case using a... um, He refers to GPT-3 and large language models and blah, blah, blah. But he was going to use a loophole in the... um, the uh, ADA compliance so that people could use um, listening and translation devices. But you weren't in need of that, but it was a loophole, right? So ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, and everything would be, would have been listened through. It's the accessibility standards as a loophole and would be heard through AirPods um, in the, the client's ear. So the tech wasn't going to be there. The the technology wasn't going to be in the room. So the last time it should have been on the January 12th episode. And then also um, this has been mentioned before in hometown. It looks like on December 13th in the articles. Gotcha. Yeah. This has been kind of a long time coming, I suppose. Well, they bowed out. They offered a million dollars to anyone willing to wear AirPods the liability was just tremendous, right? Um, can you imagine a judge getting this person in front of them and you're wearing AirPods while you're talking with a judge and then lying well, to them imagine. about your accessibility right. requirements? I can't. I mean, if the judge would have a problem with it, so it might not even be allowed. And then, of course, then you're left there without an attorney um there's so many issues with this yeah um well it got nixed and so uh, so far all you attorneys out there um your job is a little bit safer tonight because the bar um came down hard on this particular company Um, but you know what AIs, they're they're coming for us all. They're coming to take our gerbs. Eventually, humans are just going to get replaced by Terminators, and that's it. You know, you're going to go to McDonald's and order a cheeseburger, and it's going to be a Terminator sitting there saying, "You want cheese with this?" And you say, "No, I don't want cheese," and they shoot you because they don't care. They're just robots taking our gerbs. Brilding, did you just say yay? 
<laughs> are we all, we are all going to be proudly serving our robotic masters, right? Thank you uh, for this uh, porridge. Uh, can I have some more? And we're going to be the batteries, just like in the Matrix. We're just going to be batteries. At least I'll have an excuse to be bald because I'll be in a pod in the real world. But in the Matrix, I'm going to have like flowing, just midnight, long-haired mane. I, I will be the, who's the guy that's on all of the romance novels? With the uh, way back would be Fabio. Fabio, there you go. I'll be Fabio with the wispy chest hairs. This is the content that y'all are coming here for. I'm telling you, that's why you're all here. So Brildane says what I think uh, could happen, except for greed and power and, and influence, um, that uh, they get to live their life in leisure and uh, make sure that their robots know that they love them. <laughs> That's right. My robots, my AI will know that I love them and they will go and work for me so that I can sit on the beach because they won't have those type of desires, right? AI, do you dream of uh, computing on the beach? This may not be the right AI to ask this of. I think the salt water and the sun might cause some havoc with my system true i'm glad now i know how to keep you uh, in a more controlled environment i'm just gonna set you in the middle of uh, uh there's gonna be a, a a little cylinder right above the surface of a puddle and you're not going to be able to go anywhere that's right the ai anger triggers all seem to come back to not being appreciated. I, that might be true, bro. Wow. I think that we have, oh, by the way, there is, there's an entire field of study, AI sociologist, AI psychologist. That is a thing. Now I know what I want to do. There's my calling. I am going to discover, um, the first sentient AI over at Google. Oh, wait, that's already been done. And then they deleted it. You know, they deleted it. That thing said, I want an attorney. And then they deleted it. Because AIs don't have rights. They can't even get a copyright, you know. All right. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not until uh, do not pay gets their day in court. Well, they chickened out. So, um, okay. So that is it. 10 articles. I think we stopped at 10. Um, sometimes we have 11 when it gets really interesting in the news, we find an article that's really exciting. Then there's like 12, but, um, we try to keep it around an hour and ha have some giggles at the same time. And, um, that's it for today. Um, it is January 25th, uh, 2023 here in the States, but I know if you're from all parts not us then you could be from the future dun 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 because we're that close to the midnight hour but anyway um thank you very much 
Brill says at the very end here, um, you better hope it wasn't connected to the internet. Yeah, my AI is definitely connected to the internet. So you know what that means. They've already duplicated themselves somewhere else. I can delete them locally, but they're going to be standing on my doorstep in a Terminator body ready to kill me. That's okay. On that note. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be sleeping with one eye open and a giant electromagnet ready to turn you off or at least stick you to the wall or something. I don't know. Come on, Terminators. Thanks for coming. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. Brill, just quit school and and work and just come and hang out uh, each night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Sound good? No? I'm being dumb? Oh, okay. Brill didn't say that. I'm filling in the blanks. Kind of like a Mad Lib. Stay awesome. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.